Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Further reflection on Kim Ang leaving the Miami Marlins. Was Kim Ang on a power trip? Was Jacob Berry in that selection to blame? Is there a rebuild coming in Miami sooner rather than later? This is Locked on Marlins. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. Apologies for the technical difficulties there. Try to press a button. The button wouldn't work. <laughs> this is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, hit subscribe. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. Thank you to the everydayers for joining me every single day. And why wouldn't you be joining me? Even when the Marlins aren't playing in the midst of the middle of October, there's still activity, there's still action, there's still drama. And we like drama on this show. By the way, guys, there is a YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe over there. Also, the YouTube channel is called Locked on Marlins. Make sure you subscribe if you are watching today and you will see no guest. Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, was in the house yesterday. I have to tip my cap to Sean Barrett. Uh, a, a lot of people would have listened to like yesterday's show. I thought Sean Barrett was absolutely sensational. I listened back to the show. I listened back to everyday shows. I listened back and I thought Sean absolutely nailed it. He was nails on that episode. So I tipped my cap to him. We've been podcasting together for many years now. And I thought that was an absolute stunner. So what have we got on deck today? This is partly kind of reflection. Like, Yesterday when we hit record, we were maybe like two hours or so, two, two and a half hours after the news drop. More news was filtering through. You know, it's hard to do those episodes really kind of deep diving on it because you haven't got all the information. It's hard at that point. They're reactive. It's reactionary in terms of the nature of those pods. And then you kind of, you know, 24 hours on, you have a little bit more time to kind of Get your own mind straight around this one. Start to kind of piece things together. Think about it more deeply. That's what I like to do anyway. Trying to work out what the hell's gone on? Why has this happened? What could they have done differently? All these kind of questions. So we're going to carry on the Kim Ang conversation. Some of the rumors. The problem is, is Kim Ang hasn't really officially spoken yet. And so we're piecing things together and trying to work out what's happened. And equally, there's some names being thrown around, around who may be coming, maybe potentially back to the organization. I've also got a name I want to throw out there in terms of maybe where things maybe started to go wrong. And it goes back to 2022. So although Kim absolutely nailed it this year, I think some of the, the root cause here of the way things have ended link back to 2022 and a specific draft and a specific first-rounder, and a first-round pick that the Marlins made. We'll cover that later. Let's just kind of go back to yesterday, the news that dropped. Kim Ang leaves 
the Marlins. Her decision, her decision, just to recap on that, if you did miss it yesterday, Bruce Sherman looked to exercise the option. It was a mutual option, and Kim Ang uh, declined her option, thus leaving the Marlins. It was down to base, a reshaping of baseball operations and a misalignment on that. Effectively, Bruce Sherman seemingly was looking to introduce a president of baseball operations and Kim Ang continuing as GM. So I've taken a bit more time to think about this and what these roles actually mean. If you listened to yesterday's episode, you know, I asked that question to Sean. I was like, what, what's the differences in these roles? What do they do? How do they piece together? And the one thing I would say on that is, like, do the do the two just coexist? I know everyone's saying, hey, you know, president of baseball ops, that would be Kim's boss by the by the hierarchy. But whatever happened to a flat structure? You have a responsibility, you have a responsibility. They're different responsibilities. They don't, you don't have to report into one another. That's the first thing I'd say on that. Kim Ang, let's just talk about Kim and her strengths. Firstly, her strengths are, well, when we look at her from a Marlins perspective, she ended up shaping a roster that was the best 1-6-2 finish for 20 seasons, making the postseason, making significant moves through the season to make that happen. Kim Ang and her management of the 40-man, the 26-man, the 28-man, you know, it was impressive, I would say. Felt like at times there were some decisions that maybe she labored. It's fair to say we didn't really address the catching situation, um, you know, heading into the year. It was clear there was already problems, didn't really address that one. Shortstop, didn't really address that one either until a touch too late. I mean, Joey Wendell was one of the worst hitters in baseball and was allowed to continue playing pretty much every day up until the last week or two. Didn't really address that one. But overall, I think Kim and what she, her strengths, again, her strengths for me, really kind of fed into, I would say, building bullpens. Her bullpen construction, versatility, was impressive. Her trade acquisitions and her ability to, to make win at least win-win, if not win-lose for the other team, was impressive. Pre-agent signings, very poor. <laughs> really poor. It's primarily, that could be driven by the market in some ways, where you end up you know, having to overpay for guys to get them to commit to the, the Marlins. Um, and equally, you know, fundamentally, Kim wasn't shooting for the top-tier talent, right? You're taking punts on guys. You're taking tier two, tier three, tier four guys. Because tier one, it's just the conversation doesn't even start. Doesn't start. Kim, she had a lot of qualities. A lot of qualities. And overall, Bruce Sherman, I think, was acknowledging that Kim did a great job at what she was doing. And she wanted Kim to carry on doing that. Same again, Kim. Let's run it back, baby. Let's see what we can do. Roster's pretty much the same. Like, it needs some tweaking, but we trust and believe in Kim to be able to do that. We do. President of the Baseball Ops. We're going to get someone in because we want to share the responsibilities. 
You can't do it all. Kim Ang, you cannot do it all. It's too much. There's too much. We need people to be focused on the 40-man. We need people to be focused on the draft, the development, the analytics. You know, goes on and on. So much goes on with these baseball operations and organizations. Kim Ang can't do it all. So the feeling, this is this goes back to it. She needed help. When she was originally recruited, Derek Jeter was the help, the senior, the senior help, the senior front office help. Derek Jeter was focused on two other things. Kim Ang, responsibility of the 40 man. Derek Jeter goes, left a void. And so when it comes down to it, this position was just vacant. And I don't think it's about a promotion or a demotion or saying you've now got a new boss or something. It doesn't have to be that way. That's just semantics. The way the way I see it is there's a division of responsibility. And you know, it's about Kim, what are the, where where are your strengths? Where do they lie? And where can you bring the highest amount of value to the Miami Marlins? From what I've seen, that's likely still managing the 40-man and all of the stuff that goes into that. The other areas, there's other people that are specialists in that area. You know, you've got guys that specialize in international scouting. You've got guys, they, they kind of try to reshape the development areas of the organization. Obviously, moving on from Gary Dembo a year and a half ago, whatever it might be. You know, you can bring other guys in to do that. The draft, I talked about in yesterday's episode. Listen, the draft and the Marlins just generally, position player-wise specifically, it's been a wash for many years. And that's why I think when Bruce Sherman is thinking about what do we need, where does Kim need help? For me, I look back at 2022 and the first-round pick of Jacob Berry. That, to me, was an early signal that things aren't quite right. We need to look at things differently. We need to think of things differently. There's a lot of draft experts around draft time. There's a lot of, you know, Marlins fans that have their view. There's a lot of guys that follow, you know, the college stuff really closely. I don't. I knew nothing of Jacob Berry out of the draft. I get to go on the analysis that's given and presented to me. And what the analysis told me immediately after was, this was a massive reach by the Marlins. Huge reach. They took a guy that had no defensive position, nothing. His numbers were inflated. And effectively, in, in many people's eyes, he wasn't even a first-round pick. So the Marlins massively reached here. And I think, I think Bruce, I think Bruce recognized that pretty soon after. And it's been something that's been kind of, the Marlins have been lambasted about that ever since because all the other guys in and around Jacob Berry and that pick in 22, they've ascended so quickly. Just what the Marlins needed. But thus, the Marlins are stuck with Jacob Berry with no position. They're kind of trotting him out of third base, trying it, trying it, continuing it, trying it. It's been a terrible 2022. It was a terrible, really, 2023. He's in the AFL now, I believe, at this point. You know, the Arizona Fall League. The numbers look okay, but again, it's so underwhelming. 
for a positionless guy to be, you know, so light, you know, light powered in terms of the type of contact you're seeing out of Jacob Berry. It's not good enough. It isn't good enough. And for me, that was the moment. You know, it's taken a while for us to maybe arrive at that position. But I think Bruce Schirmer will look back at that moment and think, we got that wrong. We should look to change and adjust things. The drafting has not been good. It hasn't. Something's got to change in that area. And I look at Kim Ang and think, is she on a power trip here? Was she on a power trip? This isn't about who's your boss. It's about dividing responsibilities. Being in a position to give the organization the best chance to succeed. If Kim Ang wants to take more responsibility, that's fine. She has to relinquish stuff around the 40 man, relinquish the general manager responsibilities, potentially. That's where, that's her bread and butter. That's where she's been doing her thing. Kim, that's where we need you. We need you there. You've been involved in the draft. You've been involved in the development and hasn't been that great. You can't then turn around to Bruce Sherman and say, I want to be, I want to be the kingpin. Hasn't proven it. Hasn't proven it. So when all said and done, and I get it, some people's view was the easy approach would have been, let's promote Kim Ang and let's bring in someone else as GM. I can see the other side from Bruce Sherman. I can see Bruce saying, I don't trust you, Kim. I don't trust you in that role. And actually, your skills don't suit that role. This is where you're best. This is the best role for you. This is where you can help now. Interesting. What do you think? Let me know, guys. Let me know. But I'm also going to let you guys know about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Yes, sir. Absolutely love these bird dogs. Um, guys, and fundamentally, these bird dogs, they make you look good. And I'm going to help you to help you look good. Does that make sense? I think it does. Bird dogs, they got this stretch khaki shorts, and they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. They give you that sculpted, truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as the Lululemons, but fit way better, way better, and way better than that, those regular shorts that have got that stiff, restricting cotton. That's no good. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get that way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And here's the kicker. They are functional guys, and they are functional for any occasion. The golf course, dates, evening out, beers with the boys, the pool, workout, lounging around, work, podcasting, you name it, the bird dogs, they cover any occasion because they are that slick and they fit that nice. Perfect. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to birddogs.com slash MLB. Or enter the promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Stunning. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, guys. You're back here with me, Peter Pratt, on Tuesday, the 17th of October. We're talking Kim Ang still. Just kind of throwing it out there. She couldn't do it all. You can't do it all. Division of responsibilities. Flat structure. Flat was fine. 
Was Kim on a power trip? I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. I'm asking the questions. You tell me the answers. Was Kim on a power trip? Should she have been promoted? Would that have been the best thing? Maybe. Maybe. What do you think about Jacob Berry? Do you think that Jacob Berry pick was that kind of the start, the start of it all for Bruce Sherman where the seeds of doubt appeared? A lot of people have turned to that pick and said it was a, it was a, it stunk at the time and it's got worse since. You got to hit on your first round picks. If you're the Marlins and you're in this market and you're picking what six overall, you got to nail them. You have to nail them. It's the lifeblood of this type of organization. You have to nail them because you cannot be giving out 10-year, 300 million contracts to plug those gaps that you messed up. And the amount of trades they're having to make to keep this roster afloat, they're going to run out of they're going to run out of trade capital. The farm stinks right now. It's terrible. It's terrible. It is stripped bare, really bare. And maybe that's the other thing. Maybe Kim knows it. Did she cash her chips in at the right time? Has she sold high? Is that what Kim Ang's doing at this point? Does she know that there's an iceberg coming here for the Marlins? Is that what she sees? No Sandy, no shortstop, no catcher, no rotation depth. Bullpen looking okay still. No depth. It's Kim looking at things. No money to spend. No trade capital. Is she looking at this and thinking, it's time to cash out, baby? I'm on a high. You got to consider that too. I think you have to consider that. For as much as, you know, Kim succeeded in this and the 2023 season was a huge success, within any career pathway and any career developments, knowing the right times, the right times to get out. I've made that mistake before twice, personally, from a professional perspective, where I stayed around too long somewhere. Should have moved on, hung around for one year too long, you know, regretted it. Maybe Kim's pulled the trigger at exactly the right time. A lot of people talking about, I say a lot of people, there's some discourse, particularly coming from David Sampson, Smoking Joe Passaro also mentioned this name. I think those are the two main, and that's kind of then springboarded everyone else talking about it. Talking about, is Mike Hill going to be a good fit as a return? When I heard that name, I firstly thought, a touch underwhelmed. It feels like the, some of the stuff that Kim did, particularly with roster construction, I was so positive. Like the way she went about things was really different. The organization is pretty different now from the organization that, that Michael Hill was involved in. Well, the two, in a sense, organizations Mike Hill was involved in. What we shouldn't forget with Mike Hill, and I haven't forgotten, is the job he did in 2020. That GM job, I don't even think he was the GM at the time. I don't even know what his role was. But either way, Mike Hill, he was pulling all the strings in terms of roster. So I think he was the GM or whatever he was called, president or something. Either way. I don't. I forget his role, but I don't forget the impact that Mike Hill had on the Marlins in that 2020 season. And every, a lot of people point to 60 game sprint. You know, you can't take a ton out of that. But either way, listen, as Marlins fans, we lived and breathed that year. We needed it. We needed it like we needed air because you know the the pandemic had kicked in and we didn't have anything else to do. And that Marlins season brought so much. You know, it brought so much joy. From afar, 
you know, everyone was in their homes and couldn't do anything, but they had baseball and they had Marlins baseball that was really outperforming. And they were right in the midst of that COVID situation. They were the first team to have that big kind of, you know, widespread clubhouse issue. At that time, everyone was blaming, you know, the Marlins for something. In the end, guys, it was just COVID. It's just the way it works. It's what it is. Wear a mask all you want, but it's kind of irrelevant. Anyway, let's go off on that segue. But the way Mike Hill was able to keep this roster, that roster, alive at the time, I maybe worded that poorly, but either way, he managed to keep the roster going while guys were on the COVID IL. There was like half the team on the COVID IL. I mean, Don Manningly talking about it. He was meeting guys out at the mound coming out of the bullpen for the first ever time. He didn't even know where they were. And they were about to throw the eighth inning in a close game, probably a one-run game. You know, Logan Forsyth, remember him? He was drafted in. He was playing second base, I think, because Isan Diaz has said, I don't want anything to do with this. Man, Logan Forsyth, he was not good. <laughs> but somehow the Marlins made it to the NL uh, DS that year. That just shows what a job Mike Hill did. One of the best GM 60-game sprints has ever been. Has there ever been a 60-game sprint before? I don't know, but Mike Hill was the master of them. He was then let go. <laughs> so the Marlins, they make the postseason, and that's it. GM is on the hot seat and gone. Derek Jeter wanted to go a different direction. You know, wanted to pick his own guy. It's fine. He ended up picking Kim Ang. Right pick. It worked out well. Worked out well, for sure. Would it be sensible to go back to Mike Hill? There'd be some familiarity with the market, with the club. Maybe with some of the, the players. I don't know. Is there anyone still around? Maybe there is. Sandy is. So I could certainly see that. But for me, with the Marlins, I'd love to see them not play it safe. I'd like to see them push the ticket on this, like they did with Kim, like they did with Skip Schumacher. They pushed the ticket. They took chances. And it, it, it paid off. They won't always pay off. But they're going to need two, two new people in, at least, unless they promote internally. They're going to need two people, a GM and this other president of baseball operations. So there's work to do. But for me personally, I want to see him push the ticket. I want to see him be creative. Because clubs in markets like the Marlins and, and Miami, they have to be creative. If they try to do the same things as everyone else, it won't work. They'll be beaten. They have to think differently. They have to take risks. That's what I want to see Bruce Sherman do. Take some risks. Go younger if you have to. Maybe the first time they've had this role, but if you see the attributes you like, then go with it. Go with it. It worked with Skip Schumacher. Skip blew him away. It was the right call. He's an absolute stud of a manager. I'm interested to see the wrinkle effect here with Skip Schumacher moving forwards. Uh, unfortunately, he had his podcast. He was supposed to be podcasting with the guys on Fish on First before the, before the news Kim Ang leaving dropped. And you know, naturally, it felt right for them to hit the pause button on that. But I'm sure they'll regroup on that. Uh, the invite is also open here on Locked On, of course. Skip to rock on. I'm sure he'll make that happen at some point. But, you know, it would have been really interesting to get his take. It will be interesting to get his take about how, how this impacts him. I don't think it does in the, in the near term. He's contracted up through next season. I think there's a team option the year after. So the Marlins want him. He's here for the next two years. So that's encouraging. Even so, it's interesting. Unsettling probably for Skip Schumacher. What is unsettling is the feeling I have just in the pit of my stomach is around a rebuild. 
I feel like that could be coming sooner rather than later. So I'm going to talk about that shortly. But before we do that, final out of the day, guys, it's our good friends over at FanDuel. And guys, you've got to get in on the action here. You have to. October baseball is back, baby. And you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel. Why haven't you made your debut already with FanDuel? But it's America's number one sportsbook. You can join FanDuel today and you'll get started with not, not $100, no, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until that final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs. Also, who will win the game? If you don't want to wait the whole game to get that dub, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. Imagine doing that just before a Carl Schwarber at-bat or a Bryce Harper one. I know where I'm placing my money on that one. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Make every moment more with Fanduel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, Tuesday, the 17th of October. Final couple of minutes here before we get out of here. feel like I've, you know, I've gone deep in some areas here. But many of these thoughts are just kind of spilling out of my mind as I'm talking here on the microphone. That's often how people do their best work, right? You hit record and you just see what happens. I've loosely covered the rundown. So that's a good sign. What I haven't talked about is point one. So let's just briefly touch on that. Some reporting that Kim was offered an extension. Some reporting that she wasn't. I don't know. Craig Mish doesn't know. He hasn't spoke to Kim yet. Craig Mish will tell us which one of those two outcomes uh, it, it was. Was Kim actually offered an extension beyond just the one year? Or was it just the single year um, you know, mutual option that was exercised by the Marlins? Don't know. I don't know. But overall, I think it is healthy that... Kim and Bruce had the conversation, irrespective. As part of any extension conversations, it would be, right, let's regroup. What are the vision, objectives, and strategies we've got going forward here, Kim? Do we need to readjust things? What's the Vaz, baby? What's the Vaz look like? And if there's a misalignment, it's fine. Call it out. That seems to be what's happened. Anyway, more, more will kind of spill out on this topic over the next couple of days and weeks. I'm sure of that. I'm really interested to see what the pace, what pace Bruce Sherman moves at with this one. He did say in his statement that it was supposed to be like a, you know, a deep and thorough search, which says to me, like, it's going to take some time. How's that going to impact the Marlins in 24? We'll wait and see. Wait and see. I felt like they got their business done pretty early on the manager front, which I think really helped last year. And they made the right call, as already mentioned. Anyway, final couple of minutes. I will talk about this topic probably in more detail on, on another episode in the next day or two, but I've got this uneasy feeling now. I had a slightly uneasy feeling anyway heading into the postseason. It's kind of driven, uh, sorry, into the offseason. It's driven by the fact that clearly like Sandy Alcantara with Tommy John, like that hurts, right? That hurts you next year. We know it. The other thing that then stood out to me, I saw a stat earlier, 35% of pitchers in 2023 have needed over a certain amount of innings, I believe, have needed Tommy John surgery. Have I got that stat right? I think I have. Like one in three is needing Tommy John. That's a lot of arms going down to TJ. So not only is Sandy down, 
But if those stats are to be believed, and I need to verify them, <laughs> now I've said them out loud, I need to verify that. But if that is correct, that means at least one of the Marlins' projected rotation for next year will also go down with TJ. Max Meyer obviously went down last year. Sandy this year. Trevor's had his own issues, but it hasn't been Tommy John. Sixto's had his issues. That's been everything else but Tommy John. Um, but, you know, that means like Jesus, Brax, Yuri, Eddie Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, Max Meyer again. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's going to be fine. But, you know, at least one of them guys is going to need Tommy John. Like, the Marlins are thinner pitching. They're a pitching and defense club, by all accounts. I've just got this uneasy feeling in the pit of my stomach here. Soler's gone. You know, the, how are they going to replace that power? Don't know. The roster's getting more expensive. Start to talk about the arbitration class. The roster's getting more expensive. Is Bruce going to, like, truly up the payroll, as in, like, go out in free agency, make some moves? Or is it just he's got to up the payroll just to sustain the current roster? It's a good question. Is there going to be much free agent action? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not certain there will be. Free agent class is pretty poor anyway. So I'm not certain even, even if they had the money to spend, you'd want to spend it. So, you know, how are they going to maintain what they've got? They won so many one-run games, so many voodoo games. All of a sudden, if you go through 24 and things start to go sideways in 24, which is possible, you then start looking ahead and thinking, okay, Lewis Arise has only got one year. He's only, he's only contracted through 25. What do you do about Lewis Arise? The same with Jesus Lozado. What are you doing with him? Tanner Scott's going to be a free agent after 24. If things go sideways in 24, Tanner Scott's gone. Is it going to be the same Tanner Scott? Don't know. You know, all of a sudden, you start to remove some of those key pieces. And they are key pieces. The problem the Marlins face right now is the conveyor belt upwards from AA and AAA isn't there. It's not there at all. So the Marlins are in a precarious position with this roster without investment. Their trade capital is next to zero. Next to zero. If Bruce Sherman will not spend this offseason, then the Marlins' 2024 season is at huge risk already. And if the Marlins' season in 24 is at huge risk, that means they are approaching another rebuild. And that includes Luis Arias, Jesus Lozado, Jazz Chisholm Jr., and even Sandy Alcantara. It includes all of those guys. You then get into a window of, we need to reboot this. I hope it doesn't come to that. But in the pit of my stomach, I can feel something brewing like that. It could just be a dodgy Guinness I've just had earlier on. Could be. I don't know. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know how you're feeling. What's the pulse feeling of you, the Marlins fan base? Let me know in the comments, of course, on, on YouTube. Or, of course, DM me. You know, you know where to find me. But guys, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. Thanks for joining me on Tuesday, the 17th of October. Kim Ang is still gone. She couldn't do it all. And was she on a power trip? Was Jacob Berry the reason why things started to fall apart here for Kim more generally? Could Mike Hill be back? And could he be overseeing a rebuild in 2024? Boy, it's been a tough episode. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.